Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Tremors, Making Perfection, the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Gross, and every Friday for the next six weeks, we're going deep on the making of Tremors with the people who made it. From the very first draft of the script that birthed the Graboids to the challenges of filming in the middle of the desert, the cast and crew are going to tell you everything you need to know about the monster movie that became a cult classic. So Graboid yourself a seat, and let's make perfection. When Kevin Bacon joined the cast of Tremors to play young Val, he was in a tough place. His wife was about to give birth to their first child, and he was out of work. Tremors seemed like a risky move, but the right choice for his young family. So with a phone on standby on the set to notify him if his wife went into labor, he saddled up to go catch some graboids. There was little time to shoot everything and a lot for Kevin to do as the garbage man turned graboid hunter. Here's Kevin Bacon on his experience on set. We're going to talk about the origins of of Tremors and the making of Tremors. How were you convinced to be in Tremors in the first place? You know, I don't really remember the specifics of getting um, convinced, but... I could tell you, but to be brutally honest, I, I was um, running out of money. And uh, I was feeling like I had a real kind of um, low point career-wise. Uh, you know, I suffer from the, uh, the actor's curse, which is that I always think that every single job I do is my last. And, um, you know, after Footloose came out, I had a, a series of... Uh, leading roles that just all bombed, just kind of one after another, after another, after another. And I felt um, that, you know, my career was really, like, close to, to ending. And um, my wife was pregnant with our uh, first child. And uh, my mother um, had also been diagnosed with cancer. And... I was kind of at a terrified sort of like point in my life, both, you know, in, in my personal life and in my career wise. Uh, and I saw the bank account dwindling and, and was feeling a lot of, you know, financial and kind of personal pressure. So when my agent called me up and said, there's this movie, I don't know if you're going to like it. You know, it's kind of a horror movie, but it's sort of funny and, you know, and it's like, 
It's about uh, giant worms underground. I was like, oh my God, I'm, my career is in the toilet. Like the, if this is where, what it's come to, this is like the, you know, the bottom of the barrel. I read the script and I said, you know, I don't know that this is going to work, but I know that there's, I can have fun with the part. Um, and I know that the writing is, is strong and that, and that, that the, the relationship between these two guys, uh, if you take all of the, the, you know, the silliness of the graboids out of it, you know what I mean? I said, I, I think the relationship between the two guys is, is funny and interesting. And I really responded to the fact that, um, you know, you don't, people don't often write, usually if you write the lead, like a lead guy, you know, he's either like super smart or he's super street smart or he's like a real badass or he's got superpowers or something. What I really liked was that, you know, Val is, he's just not that smart a guy necessarily. And he's just, and he's not successful and he doesn't have superpowers and he's not really that much of a badass. Either. There's an innocence about him too. And uh, so I really responded to that. And, uh, you know, kind of, it, it was a, so, so signing on um, was a, a sort of a combination of uh, really, really needing um, to work and really feeling like I needed to work. And also uh, seeing that there was, there was possibly something that I could do with this guy. When Tremors was initially released, it wasn't exactly a big hit. We have to think about um, the time. I mean, I'll say a couple of things about the about the the uh, the release of the film. Funny scary is a very very difficult thing to market. It always has been. the uh, The amount of there are exceptions to the rule, and when those exceptions happen, they really are an anomaly. Um, I like it as a genre myself. I love things like Shaun of the Dead and, and uh, Zombieland. And, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of cool movies that live within that, in that world. But it's, it's a lot easier from a marketing standpoint to tell people this is a scary movie or this is a funny movie. Because then they know what they're doing on their weekend. And they know they can talk to their, their date and say, do you like scary? I don't know, whatever, you know. Um, so, you know, the marketing materials and the way in for Tremors was, was a little confusing. I, I don't even remember, you know, the, 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 the you know, the original poster, I guess when you look at it now, it seems like it was really cool, but I don't know if it quite told the story about, about the fact that the movie had a sort of tongue in cheek kind of attitude to it, to it. I think they leaned a little bit more into it was just a monster movie. And, um... So for whatever reason, people really didn't go. I, I, I remember going to the uh, premiere. I think the premiere was in Westwood. And, you know, you can just feel that studio's not really behind it, that, that it's probably not going to get any kind of love from the critics. And the chances are, you know, from my standpoint, I was like, yep, here we go. I'm in another bomb. Why do you feel Tremors has become the cult classic that it is today? At the time, the video rental business 
was really exploding. Blockbuster was the biggest thing going. Everybody uh, was going to the to the video store to rent a movie and come home, and there were t- t- stacks of titles that uh, didn't have theatrical releases. Now, in my mind, direct-to-video was like the last thing you want it to be. Somehow, it kind of caught on in that world. And, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd go to the, to, the, to the video store, and they'd have ordered, you know, 10 copies of it. That was a, you know, always a barometer on, on how popular things were because, you know, literally the, the owner of the video store would get a certain amount of copies and they'd rent them and bring them back and the whole thing. It didn't really do much for me in terms of my career because I, I, it's not like I was uh, trying to have a video rental business. That was not what my, you know, that's not, not where I, I wanted to kind of live. Um, but I think there was a cumulative sort of effect of the popularity of that movie to the point where at this point most people don't realize that it wasn't a successful movie you know like like most people that i talk to if i tell them that they go wasn't tremors no tremors not bomb tremors is a classic you know uh it's 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 um and there's not a lot of movies that have really done that i don't think you know it's a handful but not that many can you talk about your relationship with fred ward during the making of Tremors. Yeah, yeah. Fred Ward uh, was, is, you know, is and was, well, he was an actor who's, who, um, you know, who I already knew, um, not personally, but I knew, knew his work. And um, I thought he was a really great, interesting choice because Fred has a, a real, he's got a real um, genuine, sort of uh, uh, American cowboy, um, you know, man of the earth kind of um, persona. And uh, you could have gone and said, well, let's see uh, who, who's kind of like a funny guy that we can put in this, this, this part, you know. But they, they really didn't cast in that way, you know what I mean? They really wanted some authenticity in that role. And I thought he really lended a lot of authenticity to it. And I think that um, we immediately kind of bonded and, 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 and made friends and started hanging out together and started talking a lot about uh, music. He was really obsessed with, with, with jazz guitar at the time. Um, and I played a little bit of guitar and, and um, ended up playing a lot more over the course of uh, you know, the years following Tremors. But, um, but yeah, I was playing and, and, and writing songs and he was like crazy about Django Reinhardt and, and was, his whole approach to the guitar was not really to learn guitar. It was like to, uh, uh, it, it was like to learn to play some of the most complicated jazz, uh, chord structures and, 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 and melodies, which is a really kind of like Renaissance man, strange approach to an instrument. You know, me, I picked up the guitar so I could play Hey Jude, you know, and, and, and it, it was as though you were, uh, you, you, it's a difference between starting to like just do watercolors or saying, well, I want to work on like duplicating the Sistine Chapel. You know, it's, he has a very, very interesting approach to that. And, very, very focused uh, 
person and uh, performer, and he's just such an unusual character that I really uh, sparked to him. And, um, uh, you know, we enjoyed our time in the desert together. Do you think there's something about the location, Lone Pine, in Northern California that adds something to the film? Well, I had never been to Lone Pine, California before uh, we did the film. And, um, you know, I kind of had assumed that we would be shooting in L.A. because there are places within a stone's throw of L.A. that you can, you know, create a small, dusty, you know, you, you could have done this. There's a lot of places. I've seen them since then, you know different ranches and stuff where you could could have definitely created this. Uh, but the filmmakers really wanted to go to, to Lone Pine. And um, I was concerned about it on a really practical level, which was that Kira was, was so pregnant and she, she could have had gone into labor during the shooting. And it was hours to get to any kind of a hospital. There were, um, we had, some uh, kind of like a, a birth, you know, doulas like standing by and, and she was going down, driving down to L.A. Uh, to the uh, to, uh, for her weekly, uh, you know, appointments with the obstetrician. But but that was a little terrifying to me that that she was going to go into labor in Lone Pine. And simultaneously, we also had this thing where we really wanted to be together for for this time and you know this was a magical kind of special time for us uh but we got there and we had this you know th there, there was very few places to stay you know there that it didn't really have the infrastructure even to put put the crew up and and certainly nothing that was like a high-end kind of thing so down this little uh street somebody was willing to move out of their house i guess this is long before you know airbnb and and we lived in this in this little um house and we used to i remember just going and we ate a lot of uh frozen pizza and and lasagna and um and i would go out you know it, 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 the majority of almost the whole movie is exterior day which is another thing that's unusual for a horror movie and a tough tough thing to pull off by the way to make things scary when it's exterior day and it was hot and it was dusty and I'd go off in the morning, uh, you know, to the wars basically, and and uh, you know, drive down this long, long dirt road. By the time I get to, I was covered in dust. By the time we get to get to work, and out in the middle of the desert was this this town that had you know been created, and uh, we would just. Um, kind of burn through the day and when we started to lose the light go back and my my very pregnant wife would be there and you know we'd have some kind of dinner and uh um i don't know that maybe it was the place in terms of feeling ominous i know that for myself uh i was having very very intense dreams and night terrors and i was doing a lot of sleepwalking in fact i i um more than once picked her up out of bed and carried her out out of the house and to, to try to save her <clears throat> from monsters or whatever. But it was really metaphorical for uh, what I was feeling about my life um, changing with 
you know, fatherhood, et cetera. And, uh, and sometimes on the weekends, uh, we would drive up into the, into the hills and there's these very, very um, beautiful, strange kind of rock formations that are in and around Lone Pine that, that I guess traditionally they had shot quite a few old Westerns on, you know, you, when you picture the, the guy coming over the thing, getting shot, falling off of a, you know, big rock down onto something that was, um, and we use some of them in the movie, obviously. Um, so, you know, I'm not a real spiritual person, but I would definitely say that it had a, uh, tingly sort of magical, um, uh, essence that town. Um, also, you know, there's, there's something about the movies that are made on location, which are a little different than uh, when everybody goes home to your individual houses. It's a lot different when we're all kind of thrown into a small situation where there's basically a double L, which was a, you know, bar, and there was a pizza joint. You'd be out with masks, and, 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 and it, was, it was hot for sure. Um, and this is probably before we'd, we'd, you know, got, uh, either technologically or, or even, uh, um, you know, medically hip to the importance of, of, you know, sunblock and, you know, it was, we used it, but it was probably not something that was, um, uh, we, we, not, we wouldn't pound the table the way we would now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why do you think the film holds up today? Well, one thing I'll say about the film, I don't go back and look at my movies, but I did with Tremors probably four or five years ago because I was developing it as a, as a series. 
And it's an absolutely beautiful movie, um, shot in 35 millimeter. And uh, it's, it's kind of uh, spectacular to look at. Um, you, you, you forget what, watching things on video, the transfers onto video, as opposed to now looking at the, at the digital transfer of what it was, it's, 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 it's just really, really well, well shot and really well directed. I think, I think Ron did an amazing, amazing job. I guess it's really the essence of it is ordinary people dealing with extraordinary circumstances. It's an antidote to superheroes. You know, it's kind of the opposite of, of that idea. Nothing against superhero movies. I don't want to get in trouble like Scorsese. But when everyone has, you know, the power to whatever it is, destroy the world or, you know, you, you see that again and again and again. And after a while, it becomes, I think it gets kind of hard to relate to after a while. You know, we're, we're looking for the humanity out of, out of, of superheroes. Whereas something like Tremors, they're all just regular people. You know, Melvin, you know, he's just an annoying kid, you know. Um, you know, uh, Bert Gummer, you know, and everybody knows, had knows somebody, you know, your, your uncle or whatever that comes to Thanksgiving and says, we, you know, we need to build a bunker and, you know, they're going to, they're coming for our jobs or whatever it is. You know what I mean? He kind of like represents that, that, that person. And then, you know, Val and, and, and Earl, they're just kind of schlubby guys. And so I think that to me, that's really the essence is just regular Joes, you know, trying to fight big worms. Do you think it's success is because that it's not too scary? I think it's true that it is a good family movie. And I think that's part of why that may be part of why it didn't work in the theater. And part of why it really worked on Blockbuster, on video, at home. Um, I think I say the F word, but aside from that, there's no nudity. The violence is nowhere near what a lot of, you know, big scary movies have violence wise. Um, You know, it's, it's, um, you're not seeing uh, people tortured or, or, uh, or, or, you know, co-eds being slashed, you know, the, 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 the threat is, is a, is a created, you know, creature, but it does have enough scariness that if you're, you know, what I, I don't even know the age, but 10 years old, you know, it's going to be something where you're going to go, ah, dad, your mom, you know, I want to, you know, so, so I do think that there's a lot to be said for the fact that it kind of has a family uh, vibe. I can also tell you that there's something about it that speaks to the heartland of America. And I don't really quite know what that is, but it does. And, I, and the reason I, I, I feel that and sense that is because people mention movies of mine to me, you know, all the time. And... You start to see in different parts of the world or different countries or different parts of America, rural or whatever, that people responded more to one movie of mine or, or another. And Tremors comes from the heartland of 
USA. Still pole vault. <laughs> I've never been on a pole vault since since the movie. I seem to th- remember though that I could be wrong about this. This would be a Ron Underwood uh, or Steve question, but it seems like we might have actually had some pole vaulting training. Like someone came out and actually gave us some some tips. So I could I could be wrong about that. That's not something you just go and do, you know. As an actor, which which do you prefer doing, green screen or practical and real effects? Well, green screen is is never fun for an actor, you know. Um, to na- to act with a tennis ball or or a, or something that's green, although we're doing sort of less and less of it as the technology is is, is starting to you know uh, uh, get even easier and and and. Uh, more, uh, I don't know, developed. On the other hand, I can tell you that there were times when I would look at how the guys were delivering the effects, which was a lot of times basically puppetry, and I'd go, whoa, I don't know if this is going to work. There's something like really infectious and cool about about what they did. It just feels more personal, you know. I think it's a good movie for for young people to look at and, and say, you know, this was all just, nothing was done, you know, in, in post, or very little, you know. One of my favorite um, uh, gags was when the... Um, you, you see the you see the wave of the of the, the monster through through the desert, and they they basically built a trench and had a a, a ball and uh, covered it with dirt, and then dragged the the ball you know just down the trench with the dirt. So you just saw that thing. You would never do that now. You'd ne- just you'd go you know done. But you know the ingenuity that that um, that they had in order to do that and I remember just you know them talking about that just buckets of that goo you know being on the on the set and talking about how to you know make make more goo and and what color it was going to be and you know the choice of that sort of like orange kind of vibe that wasn't quite blood but it was like you know you know it was a, it was really it was all very very well done I thought really really well thought out what do you think modern sci-fi or monster movies can learn from Tremors? One thing that's good about Tremors is even though the monster is, it never really gets too much of a personality, you know what I mean? It never speaks. It never uh, morphs into a face where you actually see it. You know what I mean? It, does, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't have as much personality as, say, dragons. And yet it, it remains a threat and it remains um, uh, scary. And I think that the, that the reason that that works is because the characters 
are well enough drawn that their reaction to it is uh, kind of embodying this this um, this threat. Because when you really look at it, you know, it's I mean, it's kind of scary, but it's really about the fact that these people are just you know so terrified of it, and and the isolation. I think that 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 they feel that that's something that's you know been used in in uh, horror a lot where they're on a spaceship you can't get anywhere or you know you're wherever it happens to be but but locked in a house you know um i also think as 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 i mentioned before that um if you want a real challenge make something scary that's outside during the day because most scary movies are inside at night. And so exterior day is, is a real challenge. What do you think ultimately made Tremors so successful? I think it's just really, really well written, you know? I think um, the writing, the dialogue, the characters are, are well drawn. And, um, you know, it, it, the, 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 the comedy that's there, uh, is very, very character-based. It's not joke-based. It's not really, like, set-up joke. There's nothing that anybody says that is necessarily comedy writing, really. It's just that who these two guys are, what their relationship are is, you know, the, 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 the fact that, that, you know, Bert is living in this, in this, in this bunker and has this in, insane arsenal, you know, I mean the arsenal, the 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 sight gag of the, the arsenal itself is 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 funny and and with the with the when he comes out with these whatever they are giant I don't know elephant guns or bazookas or whatever it is, you know that that in an, in and of itself is 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 funny. You don't need to have a a joke kind of written to make that work. I I think that's I think I think it's just a really really well written script and a really well constructed world. What do you remember about working with Michael Gross? Well, I yeah, like most people, I knew Michael Gross from Family Ties, and um, that was a incredibly successful show and funny, great, amazing, and he was great on it. And it was really an interesting kind of um, casting choice and a flip because he was really known as being th- this, you know, kind of super liberal, you know, dad kind of part, you know. Uh, you could have gone a completely different way with Burke Gummer. It could have been a flat top wearing, you know, kind of more marine. Um, you know, it, it, it could be somebody I can't even think of. Something I don't know what the what the casting process was, but there were a lot of. I, I think the casting Michael was a little bit uh, uh, against type, and he completely embraced it. Um, and then I I felt like. You know, Reba having having never um, acted before, I'm I don't know, but I'm I'm guessing that um, you know he was kind of helpful in in, in 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 terms of that, and and the two of them had this. I really believe them as husband and wife, and they had this kind of like good sort of uh, working marriage. You know, uh, there was a kind of symbiosis to the way that 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 marriage was working, and I thought it was really it was in its own way, was, you know, very touching, I thought. You always stated that 
you never want to revisit any of the characters that you played apart from Val in Tremors. Why is that? You know, I played a lot of characters and when I look at that guy, I think to myself, where would he end up in, in um, 30 years, you know? I, I like to think that that was his moment of glory and that he would sort of try to relive it again and again and again. But the question is, if you don't have worms underground, then what are you really left with, you know? I don't normally think that way about, you know, when I, when I finish a character, I really kind of, you know, tend to put them to bed. But that guy, for some reason, has, I don't know, just kind of stayed in my mind. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, when you talk about how people end up, me going back and, and um, kissing the uh, Rhonda character was a reshoot. I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned that. Um, in the original movie, she just left, and I, I guess, and me and Earl just kind of drove off in the desert. And uh, I think they tested it, and people were disappointed about that because they felt that they wanted him to be, be have some kind of change, and 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 that. So basically, we went back, and in maybe one day of shooting, luckily I still had my long hair. Uh, I went back and kissed her. And uh, if you if you look at it really carefully, you can see uh, where the where the reshoot kind of begins. And obviously that was um, didn't turn it into a box office hit, but but I think that it was probably a, a good idea ultimately. And you improvised the hammer scene. It was improv, yeah, definitely. Can you talk a bit about the, the that scene? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it kind of speaks to, um, it speaks to Val's, you know, character that he's not even really good at that, you know? Like, he doesn't really even know how to use a hammer. And, and that's something he definitely, he's a handyman. You know what I mean? That's something he definitely should know how to do. <laughs> I mean, if we were real serious about money, we'd quit being hired hands. Handyman, Earl. We are handyman. Yeah, yeah. Would you quit this job and oh, find ourselves some real employment? <laughs> yeah, I can do. I can. I can. I can put. I can put a bookcase together. I can. I draw the line at uh, electric and plumbing, and sometimes I feel like um, I think I'm probably in the middle. You know. I'll call the guy if I need to, you know, I don't build, I don't build shelves. Uh, I certainly am better with a hammer than I was in the movie. <laughs> that was the legendary Kevin Bacon talking tremors. Next week, we've got a special bonus episode. So meet back here next Friday, sharp. In the meantime, if you want to brush up on your survival skills in the event of a Graboid invasion, head over to the official Tremors YouTube and Facebook channel or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tremors Movie. Over and out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.